Jokic stomps out a 20-20-11. The Nuggets can't stop the tune of the Jazz. This is Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need. And can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Check it out at Truebill dot com my name is matt moore i'm the senior nba writer for the action network and the nuggets insider for 104.3 the fan in denver he is adam mares director of content for dmvr the dmvr.com you can follow him on twitter at adam underscore mares you can also find him in a secluded bedroom because my man my dude my guy has caught the rona my dude i'm so sorry i know man. I know. I don't look. I'm gonna be in my bedroom. I'm, I'm up in the room, quarantined by myself. It's always weird. Um, but luckily, thanks to modern medicine, I really am pretty asymptomatic. I might cough once or twice here, but I'm feeling pretty good. I would say I'm like at 98% health. So you're not asymptomatic because you do have symptoms. So I'm afraid that's going to keep you out an additional six, six days due ah. to health and safety protocol. We will see you back on the podcast in 10 days after you've received two negative. No, please don't do that. I don't want to I do know. the show like 10 days in a row. Don't do that to me. Um, glad you're doing okay, buddy. Uh, I hate to hear that you had it. That sucks. Um, but that's how it goes with the, with the Omicron. That's that's how everybody's it goes. got it, man. Every I like I know so many people that have it. I uh, I traveled across over the the New Year's. I went to my parents' house as, as we did the episode from there, and. Uh, stopping in like gas stations across Kansas was like, I'm like trying to usher my kids to the bathroom and back. And they're like, no oh. one's, and no one's, and like, here's the thing though, it's like, no one's masked, but it's also, I'm like, well, okay, it's not 15 minutes. It doesn't really matter. And also, I was like, you could do it. You could be as safe as possible. Like, I, I will say, and you know, we're talking about this before. You know, we're talking about this before. I'm glad that you made the, because I asked you, I was like, hey, do you, I assume you don't want to talk about it. You're like, no, I think people need to mention it. I hate how it's become this thing of like, if you get, covid that you did something wrong that's not how it's a pandemic like it's nobody's everywhere. like nobody wants the wants covid yeah it, of course. the weird so. part about it is i honestly saw fewer people like in the last week that i have seen like in the last three months it's really weird i was going back and tra tracing i'm like well, where was i and i wasn't anywhere i was at my house i'm like i don't know what happened um but but yeah like i said you know i luckily i i got my booster i think like six weeks ago um so, you know, I, I'm, I'm very hopeful that my symptoms will stay like they have. Well, you're in pretty good spirits, unlike most Nuggets fans, after the Utah Jazz get themselves a 115-109 victory over Denver on Wednesday night. Uh, no Rudy Gobert in this game, but Donovan Mitchell played. The Jazz had to go small, and it worked out very well for them. They got really solid minutes from Yudoka Izabuki. Um, they also got really great minutes from Rudy Gay, who had 18 points on 6 of 9 shooting, was a plus 14. Uh, Jokic with a massive, monster, incredible. Jokic goes for 26 points on 10 of 17 shooting. 21 boards, good God, 11 assists five turnovers but finishes a minus one 
The bench has its usual struggles, although not as bad as maybe sometimes. And Denver gets what felt like a, a disheartening loss for the fan base, which is reflective of where I think everyone's head is at, but also I think very much a prisoner of the moment and not understanding like how good this Jazz team is even without Gobert. This is an okay loss in my book. Well, I, okay, loss. I mean, all of these games are the same to me. We've talked about this a lot. It's just you just want to get a win. It doesn't matter how it happens. Jokic was awesome tonight. I'm sure we're going to talk about him. If, if we were to to launch this this show today, like what was the problem? To me, Denver actually got out rebounded in this game, and this is a game where Utah really had no bigs. And yeah, I think one of the things, if if I were to really distill it down, I mean, there's a lot of different things. Some of these are systemic, like Denver doesn't have a lot of guards right now. They can't make threes, this or that. But if you want to whittle it down, Utah was forced to play really small. Denver is kind of forced to play really big because they got a lot of bigs. So you have to win the big man things. You're probably going to get outshot, you know, from the three point line. But you got to win the big man things, and that just didn't happen tonight. Rudy Gay, I thought, did a very good job defensively, kind of guarding up. And then on the other end, he couldn't miss tonight. So you really lost sort of both ends. You, At the very least, you didn't win the size matchup inside. And then you lost outside big time. Yeah, the Jazz finished with more points in the paint. That one's pretty rough. That's that's not good. Um, the Jazz finish this game with um, only eight second chance points. but And Denver had eight second chance points. But that's kind of the point, right? It's like, if you're going to lose right. a three-point battle, you're going to have to make it up. Like That's a really good point. They just they weren't able to make it up. Uh, do you want to talk more about Jokic and how great he was? Or do you want to yeah, talk about... All right. So, uh, one, I thought in the first half, uh, Faku running pick and roll was really effective. It cooled off in the second half, and I haven't gone back to watch and see if they changed anything um, about the coverage or anything. But I thought Faku, like that... Well, I actually think there's a more important note about it because to me it was only one stretch where it looked good with Faku and, and you know they had like yeah. five plays in a row where it was really good, and I believe it was the stretch where they had Bones and Davon Reed out there. It just was a lineup that featured uh, not even a lot of shooting, just a little bit more shooting, a little bit more spacing, and they were able to get in there. The starting lineup in both the first quarter, the first quarter was like a even, but they didn't score. Like it was a very low scoring game to begin, but that second half, the start of the third quarter. You just sit on that pick and roll. They started double and triple team Jokic and just say, hey, we'll dare you to shoot. And Denver had no answer for it. I hate, I've said this before, with Will Barton sort of hot and cold, he had like good moments in this one. But for most of the game, I thought he was very bad. With him being as inconsistent as he is right now, Barton, Faku, Rivers, it's just you're that's going to roll snake eyes more often than not because you're relying on those three guys to space the court for you and they just can't do it. I mean, that's tough because that's like, that's two of their top seven guys, right? I mean, Monte was on a minutes restriction. He's the only option. And he, I mean, today was the day where it was like, we just can't start him yet. He's not, he's on a minute restriction. Yeah. But I mean, maybe that's like the optimism, right? Is like, I I just keep looking at all these games and, and it's, it seems very strange to me that, um, I get that because David, David Walker was talking about this on Twitter with me and he's like, well, we don't have anything to look forward to. Like we can't look forward to MBJ coming back or Jamal's all-star push. And I'm like, look guys, I get that. But like Jeff Green's going to come back. If Jeff Green plays in this game, you might've won this game. Legitimately Jeff Green 
game might have been the difference. Like the Nuggets were in this game. Oh, like Boyan Bogdanovich was dominant. Rudy Gay was dominant. Yeah. Like he, that's his matchup. Both of those guys. Yeah. So for sure, he would have made a huge impact. So he helps. Zeke Naji probably helps the bench unit. Maybe they win one of the stretches. Maybe that's the difference. Like here's the thing. This was a winnable game versus one of the elite teams, and I get that Gobert is not there, but we know that Gobert has a hard time sometimes with Joker. Um, I still feel like there's a lot of optimism here. What was you? What were you most impressed with with Joker tonight? Man, it's it, that. That's another tough one. I think what I was impressed with most was it, late in the game, he took it upon himself to just go at double, triple, and sometimes quadruple teams. And I think because he knew he had to, there was no like make the right play. And whenever he does that, it impresses me, especially when he's successful in doing it. And he was successful in doing that, especially in the second half where he just said, screw it. I can't keep kicking it out to the open guy. They're not making it. I just got to go. So I thought that, I mean, the rebounding, you know, his line for rebounds tonight was 15 and a half rebounds. You look at that and you go, come on, that's crazy. That's too high. It blows that number out of the water. I mean, his rebound is, yeah, just destroys it. So uh, he was impressive, but it really is not to take away from all some of the other players, but the circumstance right now, it really is like that's an otherworldly game. 26 points, 21 rebounds, 11 assists, two block shots, 10 of 17 from the field, and you don't win. It's just that's just it's just sad right now. And by the way, to interject about your point about real quick, because you just said that, you know, there's nothing to look forward to. I do, I agree with you that there is the return of. Jeff Green, which is going to be a big boost, and obviously Monte Morris playing more minutes, which I think will be a big boost. But even with that, you know, you got the six-game homestand, you got this or that. I'm still not convinced that Nuggets fans are going to get the, like, satisfaction of a nice run. I still feel like it's just right now they're, you know, you feel like you're going to lose every game when they win. It's a miracle. I just feel like it's going to swing a little bit the other way where you're like, okay, I think we can go a little bit better than 500. But I don't think you'll get the winning streak. I don't think you'll get the, oh, this is a team that can contend. That is still, at best, I think, a month and a half away. Yeah, I think it's a month and a half away. I guess my my thing is I'm just – it's weird to be so trapped in the moment of – I would think that after so, many, after so many playoff runs now, you would – like the fans would re- kind of remember, like, okay, yeah, this January and it kind of sucks right now, but Jamal is going to come back and this team is a still – a beast when the playoffs come and I'm not saying they're gonna make a run. Cause they are like, I, they are at critical mass, like Joker's frustration level, his fatigue. We've talked about all this stuff. Right. And that's part of it. And you said this, like, I don't know what to say. We did all these games are the same. And that does like, I agree that that's rough. Yeah. Um, but I do think that you, you're always saying like, it's part of like, it's the journey, right? Like this is part of it. Like this well, is, I- yeah, but this is you articulating it. Is the journey, the portion of the journey right now is waiting. <laughs> like sometimes on a road trip, you're just waiting. You're filling up for gas or something. And that's where the Nuggets are right now. So you're right that if we step back and look big picture, yes, there are brighter things on the horizon. They're just a ways off. And right now, Denver is not moving. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll uh, talk more about this game as well as where the Nuggets are at as we continue on Locked on Nuggets. But first, I do want to tell you about Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? I caught a couple this this week actually using Truebill. It's a business scam to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't want, need, or just simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with, with Truebill. 
Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your account and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions, so you don't have to. Truebill's got over 2 million users and helped them save over $100 million. Like Matthew B., who says, In a matter of seconds, I saved 660 bucks for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved 120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill, and saved $840 a year on car insurance. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making Locked On Nuggets your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Uh, back here with Adam Mares. Uh, I'm smiling more. That's a thing that I've been coached to do. So I'm attempting to smile more, which is also something that I'm recommending Nuggets fans do. They should smile more because the journey is you part of it. You don't know this about you, Matt, but this is very disingenuous of you. You don't even realize <laughs> it. You are just trolling. It's the same with your Chiefs talk, even though you got people to vote. Like you're, you don't know it, but it is you that you just can't help it. You are trolling right now. No, I think here's the thing. I, I genuinely, I, I do feel like, uh, you and Ryan and Nuggets Twitter, it just feels like everybody's just like, this sucks. I mean, and it does. But that's kind of part of the experience of watching sports is like, sometimes it just sucks. And you're like, here we are with our people and it sucks. We're all miserable together. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I think, I think it fails to appreciate because I do, because I cover the league so much. It's like, you know, the, the easy one here is the Kings right kings fans are just like are you serious you're right. you're upset like you is this hard for you is this rough watching this game when you're only 500 with the mvp and i get that that's like you know it, it's it's part of it um i think for me a lot of it is just that i don't think this team sucks as much as people seem to think it sucks right now uh i think that they've had a tough really tough schedule i think they've had a lot of bad breaks like there's just there's oh, all these games on all accounts. Yeah, agree on all accounts. And, and we could we could point to it. And then also there's this emerging conversation about like the weaknesses in the roster, which is funny because like that's how I started the year was being like they really need a backup center, right? Like I was on that from from preseason. Um, but it feels like people are now like, oh, because they're not above 500, now it's like why didn't they get a backup center? And it's like, right. oh, guys, right. if, if 1,800 players don't get hurt or COVID. They don't need the like. They don't need the backup center to, to, to satisfy your requirements. They're okay. That's, that's the one part of this. I I will. I, I agree with you on that. I I do see some of that of like this roster was built so poorly. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, they're just no. not there. <laughs> There's nobody not there. there. <laughs> it's a really good roster that's not there. No, no you know? team. Like, no play. team can take away that many players, especially at the guard spot. I mean, a lot of this is you're losing your guys that can run pick and roll. And nobody yeah. can lose that many guys of any one position and survive. I mean, here's here's a good example. So Monte was great tonight in his return. Yeah, like, he was. Very surprisingly, given how long he was out, twenty points on seven of thirteen shooting, two assists, and a plus three for Monte. He was he played twenty nine minutes and was a plus two in a game that they lost. You know, uh, by six. By six. Yeah. Right. So like that's 
like there, there's very good signals there. Um, I did the game write up for this game over at Action, and one of the reasons that I had the Jazz money line and the parlay in this game was because I was like, you know, I, I thought Gobert was going to play at that point. Um, I was like, you need to wait because I, you know, Gobert might be out. But even if not, I was like, I, you know, I assumed if he didn't, Whiteside would. And so I was like, look, you need to be able to attack this Jazz team with guards. And the Nuggets don't have any. They just don't have any guards that can attack. And that's definitely a roster issue. But it's a roster issue because Monte could only play 29 minutes and Jamal Murray's not there. Like, it's just a matter of you can't expect more out of guys that were not signed for that. Like, the Nuggets did not sign Faku Composito to be a starter. Right. They didn't, and, and this is really where I get to with Austin is Austin hasn't shot well. Austin hasn't played well. But Austin was not brought in to be in this position, right? He could play better and be a real contributor. Those are That's true. Like, that's what he did in the playoffs. He helped that team win a playoff series. Yeah. You know, but, like, it's not Austin's. Uh, to me, it's not, it's not Austin's fault and it's not the front office fault that Austin Rivers, because Austin Rivers was not signed to be a starter. Like to beat the Utah Jazz. That's not I put this, why I put this out on Twitter tonight. You know, one of the stretches that really killed Denver tonight, and there was a couple of them, but one of them was in that fourth quarter, you have Jamichael Green out there basically with the starters, and Utah's really small. And this is part of where I was talking about Rudy Gay hits a three, Rudy Gay grabs a rebound that I thought Jay might yeah. should have had, like those kind of plays. So then you sub him out and you bring in Austin Rivers. And my initial thought was Rivers, no. And then I go through it and I go, Well, Faku, no. Bones, no. Um, okay, Reed, no. Like, okay, I guess actually Rivers is the best the best bet there. I mean, Bones is the best bet there when he's good. But it's like his ceiling is higher for a stretch and lower, you know, for a stretch. Faku, same thing, but I don't think in that moment it was going to work with Faku. So Rivers was the right option. It's just they were all the wrong option. So as opposed to Rivers, who I don't think you can ask more from, I want to ask you this. He's played well in spurts. Like he has these halves where he plays really well. Should we expect more from Aaron Gordon? Um, tonight, I thought defensively, I was a little disappointed. Um, offensively, he was great. Should we expect more? You're right because I don't expect more. Should we? Um, no, because I, I don't. I think I don't think he solves the problem the Nuggets have. He solves other problems, but he doesn't solve the one that they're having right now. Namely, that they need somebody to be able to run pick and roll with Jokic. Like if Gordon played more the way that he did in Orlando, even if he wasn't as efficient, just to apply pressure, does that help? I don't think so. I really I think don't. One of the things that I was talking about this on Twitter. One of the things that I think. I actually do think about this. I legitimately think that they're a little too dependent on Joker right now. And that's not just from the perspective of, well, yeah, but they're, they're too dependent on Joker because he's the only one that can make anything happen right now. So they're leaning on him more. But I kind of go back the other way where I'm, I'm kind of the mindset of, I, I would like to see them kind of fail, but figure out answers for how not to have to be like, well, we better have Jokic touch the ball four times on this possession, and we're not going to score. Yeah, they need some filler possessions, and they don't have any. Yeah, it's either it's either they're running they're either running Joker ball, and and Jokic makes something happen, or nothing. 
but the Jokic ball these days, I think, is mostly like a slowed down pick and roll screen rescreen, like multi pick yeah. and rolls for possession. I think what you're getting at is, and I don't know if this team is capable of doing it, but getting the ball popping more, that is it. Where it's not just Jokic is here. It's like you run some action off ball, you attack, and the ball just swings to Jokic as if it as it swings to other players around the perimeter. He's just really good at compounding a half-step yeah. advantage into a full-step or two-step advantage. So I'm with you on that. I just – Denver's so far away from that. What they do right. – I, I actually agree with you on the take, though, that they over-rely on the style of pick-and-roll with Jokic that they run so much. Like, I, I do think that, over, especially given the pieces that they have, it's actually pretty easy to guard. Well, and this is, this is the other thing I would say. When I watch – I see a lot of times them trying to get the ball popping and the defense is like, oh, they're trying to pop. Okay, I guess we'll guard the perimeter now because nobody's scared of perimeter penetration. Like nobody ever has to help. Like the Nuggets never get anybody in rotation because they'll move the ball and they'll even double, but they're able to double and then recover out because the Nuggets still don't have enough explosiveness on the perimeter to make anybody pay for it. And yeah, Will Barton Bones can get to the like, rim and finish. Bones can get to the yeah. rim and finish, although he's not. Bon- yeah. The Nuggets really need Bones to kind of make a leap. And look, here, here's here's the thing with Bones. I honestly believe this. He's had this six game home stretch is going to make or break the Nuggets. And I think for him in part, he's like the biggest key because his season has been so fragmented. And you know, two protocols, you know, plus two ankle injuries. I feel like the six game home stand is going to be the first chance for him to be in Denver, the same location. You get the home crowd. And honestly, you might even get a little bit of work. I don't know now with the new protocols, but you might even just get an opportunity to kind of come in and just talk to coaches and be around coaches because you're not catching planes and constantly doing this or that. So for me, I fully expect Bones Highland to play his best basketball during that six-game stretch, and the Nuggets desperately need him to. He's tough. I'm trying very hard not to be me about him. And what I mean yeah, by I mean, that is because he is bad right now. That's the thing is yeah. he, you're not wrong. He is bad. I just, there's a difference between he is bad and like, he's just going to be bad. And I think right now the circumstances give me at least enough pause to say, yeah, those are really tough circumstances for him. Here's what's really crazy. I actually, for me, it's not the offense. Like if he's missing yeah. the shot, I, I get to the same point where I'm at with Austin where I'm like, yeah, but I'd rather he be taking those shots than the alternatives. Like, I'd rather if Bones has a bad night, it's like, okay, a good shooter is learning the NBA and had a bad night. Okay. My bigger issue is that he's becoming more and more of a liability defensively as teams start to pay attention. Like teams are definitely paying attention once they get up against him. And this is, we've talked about this a lot about how guys like rookies aren't on anybody's radar, but what's happened is he'll get in the game and then teams will be like, like players will just be like, Oh, I can beat this guy. Like either I can drive right by him, I can draw a foul, or I can catch him napping on a weak side rotation. I was going like, to say that last part is the one to me. Yeah, like he had he had all three tonight where he was handsy and got called for fouls. Yep. He got beat on a backdoor rotation because he wasn't paying enough attention. Um, and he got blown by because he doesn't he's not big enough and like the body stuff is not something that he can fix now. And quite honestly, none of this defensive stuff he can fix now. But in order for him to be the kind of positive that they need him to be, he's got to hit shots. Like, this is the conundrum. Is It's like, okay, him having him missing is actually sometimes, I think, better for the offense than the alternatives of some other guys making them. That sounds crazy, but it's a process thing. 
but the issue is if he's not making them, then the defense leaves him at such a, a huge negative overall. Like they're just trying yeah. to find guys that are positives overall, and they have so few right now. I mean, there's no question his defense is starting to become concerning. But again, like I said, he's a rookie who has basically had like five breaks in his season. You know, two ankle injuries, two COVID protocols. So for me, I just kind of give him a little bit of a, not a pass, but I'm just more hopeful, I think, than you are that he is going to have the best. The the good version of him was very good. And I think we're going to see the good version of him again a little bit. I'm not... I'm not pessimistic. My thing is when I say I'm, I'm trying not to be me about him, I'm trying not to say he shouldn't play. He shouldn't be in the rotation. These, these things are too costly. Like these things are bad because I do tend to, I with rookies. I always want to say, look, we, they, we can say that they can be good later. What fans often do is they go, well, it's okay that he's bad now because he'll be good later. And that translates into the bad doesn't exist. And I'm always like, no, like he can be says bad now without assuming he'll be bad later. Um, the thing he with, has going for him is that the guys that are alongside him are also not good. Like that's, yeah. that's the thing he yeah. has going for him right now is there's not really a better option. Well, there's a slightly better option, but not that not a big enough better option right now that, that I think you, you lose hope in him. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll continue talking about kind of what the big picture is and, and where this is at and how Nuggets fans should feel. We'll do all that. As we continue on Locked on Nuggets. But first, the time again, I have to tell you about Built Bar. It's New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. I've got a New Year's resolution. I've ordered a treadmill. Uh, I have signed up for a meal service. I am getting myself in shape. It's time for me, and that means I'm going to have to be relying on good old Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. It makes you want to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Very descriptive writing from our copywriter, Chemical Spill. Uh, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, but they've only got 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and they've got 17 grams of protein. So there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie. I love peanut butter, brownie. That's absolutely my favorite. Raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We're also brought to you by Bet Online who's wishing you a happy new betting year as they continue their march to the playoffs and beyond. They remain the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You know what I bet on last night, Adam? I bet on the Colorado Avalanche. Nice. And the car came through. That was a sick goal. That was so awesome, man. What a game. Yep. It was just an incredible. I've watched that goal like 18 times. Kale's ridiculous. Uh, From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. We will be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Final segment here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making us part of your day and making us your first listen each and every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling breaking down bets every single day. Check it out wherever you get podcasts. That's Locked On Bets. Can we do some questions from the live chat? 
Can we do that? Let's do it. Uh, so let's start here because it's going to be a popular conversation. Uh, the idea of backup center. The Bucks just released Cousins. Even with his past, you think it would be a good idea for Denver to pick him up? I mean, he has been a lot better. Love from Canada. Uh, that's from Philippe Dosonovich. Um, I-, I will continue to tell you that I don't know. Look, if, if you the the this guard set needs a rim runner, not a post up threat, and Jokic and Cousins isn't that. Um, mm. Look, he doesn't have to play in the playoffs because like Mason didn't play in the playoffs, right? Like. Mason would help this team a ton, and Mason didn't play in the playoffs. Um, I think what's funny is I actually think they could have used Boogie over this last 10 days, but I don't think they knew that going in. You know, obviously the guys entered protocols. They just they didn't know that. But when they were so shorthanded, you needed anybody that could score. When Jokic wasn't on, he could at least score. It's true. He can get buckets. Uh, defensively, he's a wreck, but again, I think that's fine. It might, it might work. I do think... Um, Here's what I tell you. You need to ask yourself why there's another player that the Nuggets have had uh, who they signed, they traded for last year to play backup center uh, who is not on the team currently. And everyone's very upset about it. You need to ask yourself why certain players, even though they're in winning situations and contribute and have good games, don't wind up being re-signed or stay with those teams. You need to ask yourself, why wouldn't the Lakers want to keep a player like that? Why wouldn't the Clippers with, with their situation at center why wouldn't they want to keep DeMarcus Cousins? All these types of teams all wind up being like, they get Cousins and there are bright spots, and yet they're always like, mm, that's okay, though. That I would pay attention to that. I think that that's worth picking, pay, keeping attention to. That's my take on it. I mean, JaVale was on different teams, but only in the same way that LeBron was on different teams, right? He followed no. up Cleveland to LA. No, no. No, I'm saying I'm saying he played with. I'm, what I'm saying is he was with him in Cleveland and and in uh, Los Angeles, right? Was he on that Cleveland team? I don't know. Oh, maybe maybe I'm mixing it up. You you have COVID brain. He has three championships, right? He has three. He does have three championships. He was around on championship teams enough to get those the rings. That's true. Uh, JaVale McGee has not played for, well, I'm sorry. He played in 2021 because that's when oh, they okay. traded for him. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's but he was, him. yeah. Uh, Where he was traded. Was Golden State? Did he have two in Golden State? Two in Golden State and one in, in with the Lakers. Okay. Um, but for whatever reason, these teams are just kind of like, yeah, okay. And I wouldn't be surprised if next year he's gone from the Suns. He's he's yeah. been better this season than he has ever been. Like I've watched all of JaVale's career from Washington all the way to here. This is the best season I've ever seen for JaVale, and I still would not be surprised if he's gone next season. Just that's how guys go. Um <laughs> and that's kind of where I'm at with cousins too, is like I think there's probably a reason for that, but I don't think it's a bad idea to take a flyer. I will say I, I like that they're taking like I, I like that instead of doing the retreads, because like Lance Stevenson has his massive game tonight and the Nets come back and win anyway. Um but, like, I like that they signed Davon Reed. I like that they're trying, like, guys that are actually development projects that might be able to be, that aren't just, like, retread, hey, this is a name. I like that the Nuggets are doing that, personally. Yeah, I don't, you're right about DeMarcus Cousins. It's weird that he played as well as he did for Milwaukee and they let him go and just for, just to keep a roster spot open. Like, that's, that is pretty weird. Uh, Corey asked, with the guys available, what part of the Nuggets quote puzzle can they work on that will translate to the playoffs or their title hopes? Um, the only thing I would say that they can work on is to me is probably 
they've done a lot of it because they've switched up a lot of their defensive coverage. They still have a pretty diverse defensive coverage set. So they try some different stuff. Um, I think, honestly, for me, a lot of it is Aaron Gordon. That's like the, the key piece, I think, for me. Like Will's Will, right? He's going to have good games. He's going to have bad games. He'll have better games in the playoffs because the effort level will be higher. Um, there, he has good stretches. He's an. I'm worried about right Will. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I'm. I'm a big. You know, I'm a big Will apologist. I, I'm. I've been in his corner, but I'm a little worried about him. Yeah, I guess my question would be: Do you? Why do you feel that even if it's really bad now, why do you feel that it's not either not going to get better or it's going to get worse? I don't think it'll get worse. I, I worry he's just not will never be healthy. Like I, that's that's part of it. I just he doesn't look like he has the same pop to me. He did have a nice stretch to start the fourth quarter, though. I mean, he was having a really bad game, I thought, and he had a a nice start to the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, I also think Will's a veteran, and I I kind of do think that a lot of these guys do go through the motions in January. I just think it's Could be. I think it's part, of, and I think also he like. This is one of the issues. I think that a lot of these guys look around at their roster and go like, yeah, this is, we're just kind of trying to get through, right? Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Jamal, like, Will's going to bust his ass in that first game Jamal comes back. Like, he's going to bust his ass. He will play hard that game. I have confidence in that. He may not play well. Yeah. But he'll, he'll, I think he'll, he'll give a high level of effort. Okay. I see the example here, Corey says, is the Jazz worked on small ball tonight with Gobert out. I mean, they worked on it because they had to. I mean, the Jazz also made a move when they brought in Rudy Gay. It was deliberately with this plan in place that they could play the small ball style when, you know, Gobert's not on the court. Uh, yeah, man, Rudy was really good tonight. I think a lot of their plans, I think, have gone by the wayside because the small ball has been so bad. You know, that's just... I will say this. Uh, I was talking to Ryan about this, just uh, about how the, they really they, – the mistake was probably this. They didn't create options. And you can say, like, well, they gave them options last year. Malone didn't use them. Okay. And we've, we've been over this before, but I want to kind of restate it again. Um, if you give him the options and he doesn't use them, then that's on Malone. But if you don't give him the options at all, that's on you. And that's kind of my thing is – they went all in on the small ball side with no real idea of what if this doesn't work? Like what now there was no reason to think that Jamichael would just fall off like this. I really don't have any sort of way to understand it. Like you were as high on Jamichael green last year as anybody. Right. And he's just unplayable now. And I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Adam. I don't, I don't know how first, to. Had a good first half. Yeah. But I'm just saying like in general, it's hard to look at to watch him and be like, he is contributing. He should be playing. Like we talked about how Zeke needs his minutes, but Zeke's out, right? Yeah. I, Zeke even has looked kind of bad, to be honest, in those stretches. I, Denver, I think, might have something with trying to roll him harder. They're playing him more inside. He did a good, decent job with that in the first half tonight. Um, there might be something there. I just strongly disagree with you about the backup center thing. Like, to me, I, to me, I, I it would almost be – to me, I, I just cannot blame Tim Conley in the front office for not bringing us backup center in. I just can't do it. You can't blame what? Tim Conley for in the front office for not bringing in a backup center this year. I mean, now the report, Mike Singer today says the team is looking to get one. But to me, I just, when you brought in two and paid two assets to get those guys and then weren't used, I to me, I'm just like, yeah, that that's not on the front office anymore. 
Yeah, but that's something you sort out, though. Like, that's your job, is to sort that out, is to go to Malone and be like, hey, why didn't JaVale play? And if it was, and if the reasons are good. But I assume these conversations have happened. I mean, I just have to assume that these conversations were, hey, we paid all these things because we needed this guy. You didn't use him. Like, do you do you want us to pay more assets? Is there so, is this a thing? I mean, I yeah, I can't imagine that Tim Conley did not get Michael Malone said, "Hey, bring me back another center like that." I know he didn't. No, use yeah, him, make sure. You yeah, I want to be very clear on this. I'm not saying that Mal- I, I'm sure Malone was on was on board. I'm sure Malone was like, "We'll be fine without without him. We can just use Jamichael. It'll be fine." Right. I, think, I think they genuinely. I think that was probably the idea, right? But like Malone is also trying to like triage the problems right now. And if you ask Malone, would you like a center right now? He'd probably be like, yes, 100%. Right. right. And like, that's the front office's job is provide those options. And if they're not used and you think that they should be used, then I think then you have that conversation with the coach and be like, Hey, we clearly need to be playing a backup center. And we have one and you're not like, this is part of it. I didn't think JaVale needed to play last year. I didn't think they needed JaVale. I don't know what JaVale, what they needed. Like, cause Jamichael was good last year. Like, what did they need JaVale for last year? You're right about Hardenstein. Like, I'm with you on Isaiah. Like, they should have kept him. Like, just kept him. There's just no reason not to, not to have him. Right? Cheap. Good. Plays hard. Had good numbers. Right? But I, I do think that if you can look at it and go, having a backup center would help if Malone were to play him, then I think it's fair to say that, that they should have gotten him one. Right? Okay. Still no? Okay. Um, no. Sorry, I was looking something up as you were talking. That's okay. Trevor asked, do you think Jamal will have an immediate impact when he comes back? Yes, he will have an immediate impact. He may not shoot well. This is what I would I would warn people about. Um, the... I've actually like read medical studies about and like there people have done studies of NBA players and their production after knee surgeries, like medical journals. And what they found both in, in studies on production and on um, performance of college level athletes and like how they felt is that basically for the first eight months after return from surgery, not after surgery, after return from surgery, they're not quite the same. Like Jamal's not going to be the same guy when he comes back, but having a guy that the defense is like, Oh shit, it's Jamal matters a ton. Like yeah. that's, that to me has been their biggest issue offensively all season is that <laughs> they look at Monte, they look at Monte Morris and they're like, let's see if Monte can beat us. Oh, he made a floater. Neat. Right. And with Faco, they're like, do whatever. Really don't care. Do it with Austin rivers. Could not care less bones. Who's this guy? But with Jamal, the defense, it's, it's gravity is what I'm talking about, is that Jamal will, will, by necessity, create gravity as the ball handler so that Jokic is not the only one with gravity on the floor. That's my Honestly, job. might be and the best thing he brings to the table right away, for sure. Yeah. Reputation. Um, and he's a good passer, and he's a, he's a, he defends. But honestly, I think the other just thing is he's just an emotional leader for the team. He wasn't always, but he became one. Like, he really became the emotional leader of this team, even before the bubble. He became the emotional leader of the team, and I think that'll help a lot. So, anything else? Um, we're supposed to give a shout out. I saw somebody up here, uh, Mitch, Mitch Smith, I believe. Uh, Got to give a shout out to him. Big fan, big fan of the show. Trevor's Your dad. Trevor, shout Trevor's out Trevor's dad. dad. Trevor's dad, Mitch. 
Shout out Trevor Dednich. All right, let's go wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. You can uh, send... actually, I do have one more thing because you were you were talking about Nuggets fans tonight. Not just don't know how to handle, handle this. I'm just gonna quote one. Uh, is it uh, Tyrion Matthew? That's right. Anthony Hitchens here calling the Chiefs the most toxic fan base in all of sports. I just wanted to. And from the own players, the own players calling their own fan base the most toxic. So just, I just Googled it. I found it. It was a weird thing I found. Just found that. I thought we, to, I thought we were supposed to bring up. You're not supposed to. I, I can oh, you're up. allowed to do it? You're you're allowed to do it whenever you want? That's how that goes? Oh, please, please bring back Fangio. Just bring back Vic one more year. <laughs> one more year, Vic. I need it. We need it. Let's see what happens this Saturday. We'll see. We'll see what's toxic on Saturday. How about that? Uh, that'll wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, uh, making us part of your day. Really appreciate it. Plus 10 five-star reviews in the chat. That's funny. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to give Adam uh, the night off tomorrow. He's got Locked On NBA, and uh, I want him to sit alone in his, his cave of COVID. <laughs> I'm going right to be right here for five days. <laughs> Hang in there, buddy. Hang in there. I'll send you a puzzle or something. Uh, have yourselves a great rest of the week. We'll talk to you guys again next time on Lockdown Nights.